Welcome to another episode of How You Can Do with your host, your boy, Alvy, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. I have a dear friend on the podcast today, none other than my great friend, Jeremy Andre. Jeremy is the co host of the podcast, Just Interesting People, and he is an amazing drone producer as well. In this episode, Jeremy and I have such a deep, profound conversation and a vulnerable conversation around his experience in being a man losing his child to miscarriage and abortion. And we really focus on talking about it from a man's perspective because of his experience of what happened when he felt very alone during that process and nobody really checking in on how he was doing. So we talk about a lot of how that experience was for him. And in the beginning of the episode, we talk a lot about energy management, being able to express our emotions and also our experience that we share together in gratitude training. I'm really, really, really fortunate to have Jeremy on the show and as a brother in my life and we talk about how much he has actually pushed me to level up in so many aspects of my life especially when it comes to this podcast it means the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show i honor you i appreciate you and as always you can too ladies and gentlemen i have an amazing 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 guest in the building today This person is so special to me because he's one of the few people who holds me accountable at a at an extremely high level. And he is also the person who pushed me to start this podcast over 81 episodes ago. I have the co-host of Just Interesting People, a.k.a. an amazing drone photographer, I got my man, my brother, Jeremy Andre, in the building. Jeremy, how are you, my man? I'm really happy to be here, guy. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Right now, Jeremy is in France. What 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 part of France are you in right now? In uh, south of France, uh, near the Spanish border on the Mediterranean coast. Nice, nice, nice. So Jeremy has just moved back over to France after spending his time in Miami for how many years was it that you were here? In total, it was three years and a half. Three and a half yeah. years. And I got the pleasure of meeting Jeremy during his last, you know, roughly year and a half yeah. as he was in Miami. We both did an amazing transformational leadership development program called Gratitude Training Together. And I'm sure Jeremy will agree, but when you go through gratitude training together, you feel like you've been together for years as opposed to months. So we've definitely built a super strong bond. For sure. And I mean, we met in the second part of the training, which was five days, right? I think from like a Wednesday days, to yeah. Sunday. And those five days were some of the most intense days emotionally speaking, that mm-hmm. I've been through. And when you do this kind of intensive work on yourself with people, if you if something click with those people, 
straight away the relationship is going from you know a to w you you, you can swap the b c d everything is, is so powerful um so yeah the the bond we created in five days was pretty amazing and then we went through another 90 days <laughs> that just amplified all that a hundred percent a hundred percent i love what you say about how we were able to share this very emotional space together because i've seen in my life especially when i was very young i didn't share my emotions at all and i see how many friendships that i had at a young age with a lot of people but that i didn't really get the chance to share deeply in an emotional way like i do now and i can see how being with people like you jeremy and sharing deeply has allowed me to create such a strong bond and strong relationship so quickly. And I would be curious to know what your thoughts are on how being able to be open, vulnerable, and share your emotions has impacted your relationships and your friendships today. So it's interesting because I can really relate to what you said in a sense that there's clearly, I'd say like friendships created post-gratitude they are so different than all my friendships that were that were created before the training and and i i think the reason is pretty simple in the sense that usually i'm, I'm gonna say normal life <laughs> uh, when you meet someone and and you get to know each other you go through a lot of small talks to build the trust that can take a while, a few weeks, a few months, sometimes a few years, depends on how often you see each other. And when you can, and when you feel this okay to open up, then you might open up about things. But it's really hard because for so long you've been behaving a certain way. I think it's really hard to change and to suddenly talk about personal things. So this switch from, I would say, like a casual relationship to a more a deeper relationship is not easy and it might not work with everyone because a lot of people might find it I, I like you as a friend but i don't want to talk about my shit going on in my life you know so when in gratitude we met now like, we didn't ask each other what we were doing for work what where did you live if you have siblings he went straight to the deep shit like, <laughs> like after the training i remember rosie asking me like oh do you know race from or how old is he or what he's doing for a job i have no idea that was i didn't know all that i only knew personal deep stuff about you and the others and not the small talk things that we discovered later um and i think that's the main difference you know the way i approach relationships now um so to answer your question i think i've realized that yes yeah, some people that i know and some people that know me from before we are at a certain level and now i have the tools and and also i think the confidence and vulnerability to talk about other things not just football and things and to take those relationships to another level and to actually create something special because even if we've been friends for 10 15 years with some of them this is the little spark is missing you know the little personal touch is missing mm -hmm. even if we know a lot of, a lot about each other when now i think i can like i'm not scared to 
open about whatever's going on anymore with them because I, I I trust them 100% with whatever I'm going to say. I know they're not going to reject me or anything. So I feel super safe to open up and and that's that's been improving my relationship with them, you know, deeply. So I'm really grateful for that. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And and I relate with that so much this idea of having so many of my friends beforehand who I used to really had very surface level conversations with, right? Whether it was about sports or about um, even talking about women that we had in our life. It wasn't necessarily about our passion, what we love about them and things like that, but much more, you know, physical aspects yeah. of them, how we met, what was the game involved and having that interaction happen. And to fast forward now, I think it's so amazing that I'm able to have deep conversations, even with my friends who I didn't share that level of significance in what we were talking about before. And I think it's amazing. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but you tell me now that I show up very open and vulnerable and truly willing to go deep and having a conversation and seeing what's going on with me in my life, it's actually led to my friends feeling that they can now be open and vulnerable and sharing and being able to talk about the deep seated things that are going on in their life that maybe they weren't sharing before for sure and not everyone though some people no, are not really, some people mm -hmm. are gonna respond this way and they're gonna feel safe to open up as well because you you created a space for them to be safe so they're gonna go this way. And yeah, I had certain friends opening up on this level. Um, I also feel personally that after this training, some people that were in my life, I also know I don't want to go deeper with them. Actually, I'm good at this surface level, and and I'm not interested in going deeper with them. You know, I don't know if you know what I mean. Like I, yeah. I, I, I just honestly like don't have the interest. <laughs> like that's the truth right, of going deeper right. because, and I think that's okay because people change and you can be friends with someone for, you know, many years and move on. And it doesn't mean all those years were fake or whatever. They were real. Just now, you know, I'm choosing a path and maybe you're choosing another one and we have maybe less in common or just different interests that don't bring us together anymore. And, and it's okay also to step away and just be, it doesn't mean I don't like them or anything. It's just, I'm not going to invest that much time and energy. I rather focus on the few of them that are really important and, you know. Absolutely. No, it makes all the sense in the world that it reminds me of a quote that I've heard Paul Check use, and I don't know if, if it's his direct quote or if he was quoting someone else when mm. he said this, but he says that when you grow, you can't grow more than an arm's length apart from somebody that you have a relationship with. And what I believe that he means by that is when I am going through my personal growth journey and I have certain interests and I'm going in a certain direction, if the people in my life aren't also growing and kind of staying within that arm's distance, it's going to be hard for us to continue to have a relationship and a friendship going forward because our paths are just too different, yeah. right? And something that I've realized and I'm so grateful for now is 
you know, when I first started my personal development journey, it really started, I want to say just before my mom passed away in 2016. So it was probably, I'm sorry, 2015. So I probably started my journey around early 2014. Hmm. And what I noticed is that a lot of my friends weren't really into the things that I was into at that time in terms of like the podcast or just reading a lot of books, being really serious about my nutrition, meditation, things of that nature. And because of that, we didn't really have a lot to bond over. And I felt isolated and alone a lot, not to any of their fault, but just isolating myself really, because I was like, okay, I want to go do these things and these things are important to me. And now fast forward in 2021, I have so many of those same friends who weren't into those things at the time, but who are now into those things Mm -hmm. or to some aspect of those things now. And oftentimes I was the first person that they hit up about, Hey, what are some good books for this? What are good podcasts for this? Like, you know, just even the other day, someone hit me up on Instagram. Hey, I want to get into meditation. Like, what's a what's a good book or a good thing to listen yeah. to? And I love that so much because that's allowed me to rebuild a lot of those relationships. And just like you said, it wasn't this thing where I was mad at these people or they were mad at me. We were just growing in different directions. And I think it's been so amazing to see a lot of these connections come back because those people are now doing the same type of work that I've been doing over yeah. these years. But I think also it's in, what's interesting about that is I th- I believe that for years, personally, for example, I didn't take some actions because I was scared to maybe ruin some relationships with people and stuff like that. You know, you, mm. you act to fit in. Uh, so you you, right. you you follow the group so you can stay in a group because if you do something different you might be judged or you might be you know rejected at some point stuff like that so I think as human beings we like to fit in so we do as much as we can to fit into the group or the society and stuff like that and it I don't think before the training I had the tools and the confidence and uh, just the tools, I think, um, to to really take actions to actually do things just for myself without caring mm-hmm. about the judgment of other people and are they going to approve or not. Um, I was too worried about that. When I think now, and moving to Miami helped also because that was a fresh start for me and, and for Rosie. So, um but yeah, I've been able to really just be myself and focus on what I wanted without, I, I didn't care what people thought. And after, you know, if you don't want to be my friend anymore because I'm doing X, Y, Z, I mean, well, that's all right. You know, I'm not, we're not married together or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And something that I hear in what you're talking about there is authenticity and full self-expression. And I think both of those things are also tools that the training gave me and really understanding like, hey, there's going to be things that I believe that other people aren't going to believe and they might not even like it. And that's okay. I don't have to really change myself in order to make sure that other people like me. And it's funny, like we did this training. um, Gosh, it's almost was in almost almost two years ago, September 2019. Something on that, yeah. like, October or November. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, think I did my years. part one in October. 
uh, you did yours slightly before, right? In September. Yeah. So it's literally been two years since like we started <laughs> that process, right? Which is crazy. Time flies. And you know, it's funny, man. It's like, I can re- I can see how some of these lessons are showing up for me today, um, especially with the climate that we're in with, <clears throat> with COVID and different things going on and, you know, political landscapes and things of that nature, um, especially here in the U.S. And it's interesting. I found myself and I just came up with this realization really like in the last week or two that I have been holding my tongue on a lot of things for fear of what are other people going to think of me Hmm. or what type of box is someone going to place me in based off of my viewpoints, my thoughts. And also are people going to judge me and now not like me because of things that I post and things that I say. And I realized like, oh, I was falling back into that survival context of looking good. Right. And with that, like I've realized, man, that that was that was really eating me up inside and going back to like my values around health and compassion right and authenticity and all these things i got to check back in with myself and realize like oh okay i'm feeling some of these feelings of unease and discomfort because i'm not truly standing in my truth and i just came back from an amazing trip to montana where i was with mike desanti right mike desanti brings a group out there and we weren't allowed to talk about any politics or mm-hmm. anything like that while we were out there, which was great. And it also helped me realize at the same time, like, wow, I'm a very powerful person, right? Which you've, you've told me so many times, <laughs> right? And, I, and I'm still working to really embody that. And I realized, like, I get to be who I am and talk about what I want to talk about without the fear of what the consequences of that are going to be when the majority of those consequences are completely made up in my head, right? And haven't even happened. So I say all of that to tell all the listeners how important it is for you to, to speak your truth, be your authentic self, do it from a place of certainty, from a place of compassion, from a place of love. And for me, it's really understanding when I'm doing anything or I'm saying anything is coming from those places, I get to have peace with it and not worry about any of these things that are outside of my control. And and to add a little thing on nice, it's also about respecting each other in a sense that, yes. you know, I mean, like you, like, I, can, I can say like, you know, I've got the vaccine, like this is not something you want for your body. It doesn't mean I don't like you. It doesn't mean that, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like ultimately, right. like I don't care what you do with your life. Right. Uh, it's your choice, and you do what you want. And I respect your choice. I also get it, um, and I think you know why I got it as well. Uh, and right. you know, you might disagree with it, but you still respect it. And you know, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't stop us from being friends and to talk to it today. You know, so it's just about exactly. also respecting each other that we. Everyone wants to be right, you know, like it's, it's right mm-hmm. and wrong. And like, no, it can just be different opinions. It doesn't mean one is better than the other. Uh, it's just point of view. And mm-hmm. yeah, stop shitting on each other. It's fine. You know, like just be respectful. That's it. That's the only thing. I love that. I love that. The idea of respect, being able to respect other people's decisions and to, to understand everyone's going to live their life and yeah. it's okay that they live their life. And I don't have to impose what I believe on anyone else. And I believe that no one else should have to impose what they believe onto me. 
and that it should come down to choices. And again, it's like, you know, I have so much peace now because one of my favorite mantras is, is live and let live, right? And let people live their life in their way, how they want to live it. And then if they want, you know, my opinion on things or they want my feedback or they want my help when it comes to anything, I'm only there to provide that help once I'm asked. Because I know what the opposite is like, right? When my mom was unhealthy and, you know, I had a lot of friends and family that were unhealthy and I'm like, hey, you need to change the way you eat like this. You need to change your exercise like that. You need to start meditating like this. But if no one's asking me and I haven't gotten permission, well then, hey, that shit is not going to land. It's going to be really annoying. And it's not easy. I love to be right. Okay. I, love, <laughs> I really love to be right. I can admit that. Um I love to be in control of shit in my life. Like, but I've learned that it's not worth my energy and everything to try to convince other people that my idea is better than their ideas. Like ultimately, like you said, I've got my ideas. I can share if you want me to share it. Otherwise, I'm not going to literally speak waste my energy for an entire day arguing about xyz just to prove my point i was doing that before i was like that <laughs> right um, right and and that's something i've learned and i'm way more at peace now uh, because oh, yes. i don't stress about the situation or i don't like i said waste my energy that's i think a big one we have a limited amount of energy every day and right. we better use it wisely and we tend, as a society, I think, to waste a lot of energy on fluff, <laughs> on things yes. that don't really matter. Like, even in terms of decision, like we spend so much time trying to make a decision about, you know, the gray t-shirt or the black t-shirt or the whatever. <laughs> like, all those things that ultimately, who cares? Right, right. You know, it's, like, the more important yeah. things in life and on the, I don't know, like, hundreds, de- like, you have, like, hundred decisions to take in a day. Like focus on the five top one, you know, that actually going to impact your life and whatever you're doing. All the other ones, it doesn't matter if you have a ham sandwich mm. or, you know, tuna sandwich or whatever t-shirt <laughs> you're going to wear or stuff like that. Mm. Mm. That's beautifully stated, beautifully stated. <laughs> and I love how I love how you put all of that together, because what comes up for me is how important energy management is and it, a big part of managing our own individual energy is by being intentional about what matters and mm-hmm. focusing on those things, putting our actions and our thoughts and our words into those things. And for all the stuff that doesn't matter, really letting those things go and surrendering to those. It's a great point you make there. And I think like personally, like for example, like the last few months, as you know, I've been going through some personal time with my families and it's been really like draining my energy a lot and I like to be busy personally I like to do stuff I usually do a lot of things I always have 25 projects at the same time and and yep. and I like to spend hours and hours working on this and that and stuff like that and I also like to watch Netflix or to sit down and read a book or to spend two hours at the beach or to do some unproductive stuff that we <laughs> usually call it right and there was a time i f- was kind of feeling guilty about it because i was you know being lazy or not using 
this time to do something really productive. When I came to realize those past few months that I've been at my parents, that actually watching Netflix for two hours or reading a book for an hour or doing nothing for an hour, it's not being lazy. It's just what I need at the time. And it's I'm not doing nothing. I'm taking care of myself. I'm recharging my batteries because they're literally empty. And maybe I physically could be working on something, but probably nothing good would come out of it because I'll be drained and I would not bring any, you know, good energy on it, good vibes. So I'm trying actually to change my wording about it. When I say like, Mm. you know, I had a lazy day or I haven't done anything today. I'm I'm Mm. trying to use more like, no, just today I I just rested a lot. I took a break, you know, whatever. And I think that's something... I'm, I'm going to try to use those terms more because also I think it has an impact on how you feel. Because if you say, I've been lazy today or I haven't done anything, kind of makes you feel, oh, you know, yeah, I've been lazy today. Kind of makes you feel like shit. Mm. When if you say, just today I took a day to rest, um, it feels like, you know, I'm taking care of myself because I'm loving myself and it's just what I needed and it's okay. And it makes you feel better, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the perspective on that is so important, right? Because our words and our thoughts very much dictate how we feel. And to your point, when I tell myself that, oh, I'm being lazy or I'm not doing anything, it has me think about, well, what were all the things that I quote unquote should have been doing? And now I make myself feel bad that (laughs) I wasn't doing those things. Where in reality, to your point, we're not machines, right? We are meant to rest, right? Like I like the whole saying, instead of work hard, play hard, because I do love that. I think of work hard, play hard, rest hard, right? Mm -hmm. So that I can recharge my battery and be able to go work at a high level again. And I think this is a point that's so important for the people out there who self-identify as a workaholic, right? Thinking that you're just meant to work, 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 and work all the time. Understand, you can work a ton. However, if you're not taking any times to break and recharge your battery, one, you're not going to be able to do that work as effectively and efficiently as you usually do. And that ends up leading into burnout. And two, we're not machines, right? Like, I can only imagine, like, I want the viewers or listeners to think about it this way. How do you feel within your body and in your mind when your cell phone is at 7% battery? (laughs) Probably anxious as hell. Like, oh, shit, I need to find a charger. What am I going to do? Because I need to plug that thing in so I can use it. The same thing is true for your body and your rest and your mind. If you're not, if you're constantly at 7%, you really can't do anything at a high level. And your mind is probably going to start getting super anxious and worrying about all the things you're not going to be able to do because you're tired. So I really want to invite everyone listening to take inventory of your energy management and see how much time are you intentionally using for rest. And then once you are resting, like Jeremy said, what are the words you're using to describe this rest? Are you describing it in a way that shows how productive it is and how much it helps you to achieve 
whatever it is that you're looking to achieve in your life? Or are you talking about it in a way that has you feeling bad about yourself, feeling like you're not doing enough and that you are somehow unworthy of whatever it is that you're trying to create in your life? And also, I think it's about the people surrounding you. Uh, you, you know, we, again, like, as human being, we, we, we try to fit in and, and be accepted by others and stuff like that. So if you have, I don't know, like a, a bunch of friends that are entrepreneur or a bunch of friends that are, you know, I don't know, high level managers, executive working, you know, 70 hours a day or whatever. And maybe you're not into that, but maybe you're going to try to reproduce those patterns just to fit in, just to be accepted, just to feel not not be rejected, not to be left behind and stuff like that when it's just not for you. And maybe you're just going to, you know, spend hours and waste your time and energy on, on on that just to be friends with those guys or whatever, when ultimately it's, it's not going to benefit you on the long term and it's not going to benefit your health and, and probably your relationship with your partner and stuff like that. It's, you're going to, it's going to, you're going to pay it back at some point probably. So yeah, be mindful of that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's great advice, man. I appreciate that. God, I should be and a coach. switching gears. <laughs> Yeah, you could, Jeremy, you'd be a great coach. You've coached me many a times without even knowing that you were coaching me. You were, you were just putting the, the backhand to my forehead, just telling me to wake up and get started. So definitely appreciate that. What I would say too, man, is your show is amazing. Just interesting people, right? And for everyone listening, make sure that y'all check this out because I love the conversations that Jeremy has with people as they're telling their story sharing their lessons and this premise of how majority of the guests that are on there you know they're very regular day regular everyday people just like you and i and they share so many of the same experiences the same stories the same mindset they've overcame so many of the same things we can really take inspiration from it jeremy i want to know what was the inspiration behind starting just interesting people with your wife rosie so the first time we thought about it was actually vividly remember this conversation <laughs> we had. Mm-hmm. It was in 2018, uh, just a few months after moving to Miami. We we met a few people that had a podcast, and one day we were just talking about podcast, and and then we were thinking about all the people that we met when we've been traveling or we've been whatever, like just people you meet in life in general at work or traveling or stuff like that. And how it'd be cool to have a recording of this conversation that you have. And one of them specifically was in 2016 for our honeymoon, we went to Indonesia and we spent uh, three or four days in a jungle in Borneo with a guide. She was the only female guide in the whole national park. We spent four days with her and she told us incredible stories about life there, about the nature and about herself, about the culture, about her religion and the way they're living and everything. And it is one of the most amazing conversation and one of the most amazing person I've ever met. And I would love to see her again, honestly. But, you know, memory 
you know, it's not always there and you forget things. Right. And, and we're saying like, how cool would it be to have a recording of those days just to listen to it again and, you know, feel mm. warm and feel special about it and everything. And, and we were like, it'd be good maybe to just record conversation with random people that we meet, you know, like that. Um, mm. I was like, yeah, it'd be nice actually. And I mean, those friends, you know, are podcasting, so it's probably not that hard. If they're doing it, we can probably figure it out. Mm-hmm. And we're like, how could we call that? Was like, I don't know. I mean, it's just about, you know, talking to people that are interesting. Um, it's like, mm-hmm. And yeah, was like, well, here we are, just interesting people. Bam, got a name. <laughs> so so we, we got the domain name, we got the name on Instagram and everything. And then, because we have an ID every three days, this ID went on a bag somewhere and we forgot about it. And then flash forward in what? 2020, January 2020, doing gratitude t- training. I don't know why we were talking about podcast on a parking lot at night one day. Mm. And I don't know why we decided to talk about this, but I told you, oh, I want to do a podcast. I've got the name. You told me, yeah, same. I want to do a podcast. I've got the name. Let's do it before the end of February. And bam, done. Mm-hmm. Here we are. <laughs> That's so amazing. It's so amazing, man. And I love and it's so inspiring to see that you had an idea of something that you wanted to do and you set out and you did it, right? And it was inspiring to me because as you remember, I gave you a bunch of stories around, <laughs> ah, this it's gonna be so much work, I don't have the time, I don't know what to do. And you're just like, yo, just look, here's the, here's the platform I'm using, it's 10 bucks a month, all you need is a microphone, some headphones, you plug it in, I'll show you how to edit it, that's it. And I was yeah. just like, well, I gave you I the music. All my- <laughs> yeah, you gave me the music. So for everyone who listens to the intro in the beginning, who loves my little my little soundtrack in the front, <laughs> Jeremy helped set that up for me. That's how that's how instrumental he was in the process of how you can to being creative. And yeah, man, it, you really took all of my excuses away. And that was one of like the first times that I can remember someone doing that for me because I do that for other people all the time. So like I'll always, always, always have a special part in my heart uh, for you there. And man, one of the things that we've talked about that you spoke about in gratitude training, and I know you went deep into, and because how many episodes did you do that over when you talked about um, losing uh, a child? Uh, during pregnancy how, that was over how many episodes I so we did about four that. episodes in in october last year october 2020 um rosie told me a few weeks before that in september that october was pregnancy and infant loss month awareness month mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we thought about oh it'd be cool maybe to talk about it and at the beginning we My. thought about finding guests to talk about the, the subject mm. and but we felt ready to talk about it eventually. Like we've been, this is something we've been trying to talk about for a while, but we right. just couldn't. We didn't have the energy and the, the courage and everything to actually press record and do it because it's not easy and it's draining. And and yeah, I don't know, it just felt right, you know, it was time to do it. So we recorded four episodes to just share our entire story about it rather than getting other people on the podcast. And we might do that this year. We'll, we'll see. So yeah, four yeah. episodes. 
Yeah, so four episodes talking about losing your your child while while Rosie was pregnant and just the immense amount of sadness, anger, frustration, just all the emotions that came up for the both of you. And something that I want to speak on specifically here that you brought up that you brought up to me very early on that I thought was such a fascinating point is how during these times I mean clearly everyone feels bad about the situation when it happens and oftentimes it's more so focused on how the mother's doing how's the the mother feeling from losing the child which obviously makes all the sense in the world and within that a lot of times the the dads can get kind of overlooked in these situations and you were the first person that brought that to my attention and i i had never thought about it that way beforehand I would love if you're open to it, if you can share how that experience was for you to lose the child and then also those feelings and emotions that were going on when you felt like you weren't getting the support that you needed and people checking in on you, seeing how you were doing and if you were okay. Sure. So in, so between August 2016 and April 2020, we had three miscarriages and one late-term abortion because of um, medical com- because of medical complications. So we went through four uh, different experiences, and the fourth the fourth time has been totally different, actually, physically and emotionally, for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time when when we had the first miscarriage, to be honest, it didn't emotionally affect me that much, the miscarriage by itself, because it was really early in the process and so early that physically I wasn't connected to the pregnancy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, emotionally. It was really hard for Rosie because it was physically happening to her when right. it wasn't happening physically to me so therefore my emotions were not that affected and that was really interesting when i look back at it how like she was really devastated and i was pretty okay about it it was just that's life that's happening it happens to everyone kind of things right the the really hardest thing we had to go through was clearly the abortion uh, mm-hmm. because in this case i mean the whole situation was different we bonded with the baby, we purchased stuff, we had a name, like everything was there. It was really present in our life, you know, even if he wasn't born yet. And also because we had to take a decision. It was a choice, you know, ultimately that we had to do. And mm. and the way we were treated, the whole process, because even you, you mentioned about the emotion after and the support after the after the event but actually even it started even before that because mm. the first day we found out about the disease uh rosie rosie and i were walking so the nurse or the mm. doctor told rosie okay i'm just gonna write you like a paper so you're in sick leave for like an unlimited amount of time you can rest be at home and look after yourself and i was like what about me and they were like oh i can give you like two or three days it's like mm. 
I mean, yeah, it's physically happening to her, but I'm as devastated as she is, you know? So why, like, I don't know, because I'm a guy, I'll be okay in three days to go back to work and just move on with it. Mm. You know, that was really hard, honestly. I I, I no. really had to take a breath and stay calm, not to be mean with this person that was just doing her job and you know, it wasn't right. her fault. But I was like, this is a bit fucked up, honestly. Um, yeah. And luckily, I had really amazing managers, and we worked it out. So I was home the whole time, and it was okay. But that was the first time I felt a difference in the whole thing. And then, and then it was like you said after the the abortion, and things at the time I didn't feel the lack of support in a sense because I was so caught up into looking after Rosie, taking care of the paperwork. Um, there was so much to do. And and I was so scared of how Rosie was that all my power, all my energy, all my focus one was on is she going to be okay? What can I do You know, for her to be okay? I wasn't right. thinking about myself. So... But this is something I've noticed later is that, yeah, every time someone was calling, it's like, how's Rosie doing first? Mm. And then, you know, and, and are you okay, by the way? like mm. Kind of like an afterthought. Yeah, clearly, yeah. Uh, and it was more like, you know, how are you doing dealing with Rosie, I felt. That's how I felt mm. it. Yeah. Uh, more than how are you doing because of what happened, you know? That's right. that's how I I felt it. And I don't think, I don't think anyone, you know, was being mean or anything. I don't think it's conscious in in purpose. It's, it's just how I felt about it. Right. But clearly, so that happened in May, in on May 3rd. And for two months, I didn't think about myself. I didn't look after myself. I was just focused on making sure Rosie was okay and 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 stuff like that. I maybe cried like once or twice also because at this time I wasn't really open about it. But I, I wanted to be strong with her. You know, she was so devastated and everything. That I wanted to be, I wanted to be a husband that's strong and and here for her and everything. So I was really trying to, okay, you're okay, Jeremy. Like you maybe have a tea in the shower when she doesn't see it. But mm. you know, when you're here, you're here for her and you're gonna do everything for her to feel better. Right. But. <laughs> it doesn't work this way at some right. at some point it has to come out and one day I got a little bit drunk she wasn't there something triggered me a random sentence in a conversation triggered me and I just exploded and everything went out the, the anger, the sadness the tears, the pain, literally I felt like pain coming out of myself I was mm. crying and shouting and it was just a mess, but it was necessary. Honestly, I think I had to get it had to come out at some point because you have so much, right? Like you said at the beginning, like it's such a mix of emotion like anger and sadness and frustration and even hate. Honestly, everything uh, that it's not healthy to just keep that inside you uh, as a human being. You just can't, the body can't handle it, and the brain either. So right. I exploded one night. Rosie wasn't there. I was with a friend, and they were really kind with me, and 
and my family was there so they look after my they look after me for a few days and Rosie came back and 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 again I went back into this pattern of looking after Rosie because her depression was lasting like a bit longer mm-hmm. but the thing is also I don't want to blame other people about not checking in on me because I'm also really good at hiding my emotions <laughs> so everyone mm. thought I was okay and I was really right. good at pretending to be okay like when we were going to see the psychologist she was asking me a couple of things I was answering very you know like this 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 okay she could see that you know okay he's doing all right so they didn't spend that much time checking on me and asking about me because on the outside if you looked at me I was I it seems like I was okay uh, when actually yeah you know in the inside I was as devastated as as Rosie was it's just he stayed inside I didn't show it because I wanted like I said I wanted to be here for Rosie and I didn't want I don't I didn't think she could deal with my sadness on top of her sadness so I didn't want to add this extra layer on top of what she was going through so I kind of put my things aside and but you see at some point it has to come out and it took me a while to and I actually talked about that with Rosie like I think one year ago I do wonder sometimes if um, I'm fully I, I accepted everything that happened but I'm not sure I'm, my grief is complete in a sense you know uh, if I if I actually went through the entire process in a healthy way and 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 think because it's still there it's still present um like i said i I accepted it i accept i accepted what happened but it's still present and it's going to be present for the rest of our lives it's not like we're gonna it's gonna go away but it was tough for sure i mean for someone that is not used to express emotions having so many having such a roller coaster of emotion going through your body and your mind it was really disturbing for me really really disturbing to experience all that man man i mean jeremy one thank you so much for for sharing that and sharing your entire experience what happened your emotions your feelings and ultimately how even now there's some question lingering of like, hey, am I fully, have I fully experienced that? Have I fully healed from that traumatic event? And I think it's one of those things where it's like, who knows, right? It's like, yeah. when like when would you know? How would you know if you, if you fully had peace with it? And I would think that being able to tell your story and to share about it definitely does create healing. And, but then mm-hmm. I would also imagine it brings up more, questions and more thoughts about like man I'm, I'm discovering more the more that i talk about it and i think it's a powerful powerful story and something that other men can definitely relate to who have gone through this experience and i don't know if have you ever talked to any other men who have gone through the same experience and ever shared stories with them about it um so before i answer this question just something that i, I remembered actually about about that is there is some trauma for sure because something I can tell you that I'm 
terrified right now is seeing Rosie pregnant. That mm. scared the shit out of me. Because Jeez. pregnancy doesn't equal joy anymore or excitement or all those mm. positive feelings. Pregnancy equals stress, anxiety, depression, darkness, death, like so many negative stuff. And mm. and it's still affecting us to this day in terms of are we going to have, you know, children or not? This is still something we are discussing about and debating. And, and as of today, I've, I'm not ready to go through a pregnancy again because every time it's like, you know, you're getting punched in the face, sometimes harder than the other. And and I don't want to be punched anymore. It's been four times now. Right. And I had enough. Right. I, don't, I don't know if I have s- too much energy left to deal with that if it's, ha- it's going to happen again. And I don't know, maybe it'll be fine. But right now, I'm scared to take the risk. I'm terrified yeah, I mean, to risk it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I could definitely see how you envision it that way based off of your past experience. And it's interesting, something that comes up for me is, you know me, I'm very, I'm very passionate and curious about the you know, the mind-body connection, mind-body-spirit-soul, mind, all of that. And I don't know if you ever heard of this idea of, like, psychosomatic responses and things like that, but basically this idea of, like, you know, we can cause our physiology to change, whether it's for, quote-unquote, the good or the bad, based off of the thoughts that we're having. And, you know, based off of that, I can see how extremely difficult it would be to see Rosie pregnant again because it's going to automatically trigger all of the memories of what's happened mm-hmm. the previous four times. So uh, I definitely understand that and I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. And so to go back to your question, <laughs> to your original question, mm-hmm. uh, well, sadly, one of my best friends uh, in France went through that a few months after us. Mm. And so she, she's a girl, but obviously I felt like I had to be here for her husband because when we went through all that, I felt really lonely in terms of, I didn't think, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. Uh, you know, people, people always say, I can't even imagine, um, I, Oh, you know, I understand what you're going through. Honestly, no, if you haven't been through, you don't understand. That's the truth. Right. Right? You, you can right. you can try to relate. You can have an idea of how I'm feeling, but you have, honestly, you have no clue what it is. So right. I know that even Rosie felt really alone when she went through it because it's such a taboo. Like people don't talk about miscarriages and infant loss and stuff like that. And, and it's a shame because it's happening to so many people in the world. Right. And we don't talk about it, so we all feel lonely about it. So mm. when that happened to my friend, I really wanted to be here for for her, obviously, but also for him because I right. I know she was gonna get all the attention, to be honest. And I know it was just gonna be he was gonna be left behind. He was gonna be the strong one because it's it's also his personality. He wants to be the guy in charge and everything. So I I knew that that right. was gonna happen and that he was gonna do that. So I told him like you can be in charge if you want, but know that with me you can be as you want because I know what you're going through I actually know it I experienced right. it and mm. yeah so I think it was good for him and for both of us actually to just 
yeah, to talk whenever you wanted. I didn't want to impose myself, but just knowing that he had a shoulder, you know, for him here uh, to cry, to scream, to do whatever. I think that was helpful for him. And I think that's something that's much needed because even for women, it's not easy. It's a, a big taboo, but but there is there are a few things in place I think that you can do as a woman but for n- no one think about men when things like that happen uh, and I right. mean even like as men we we are usually we, we suck at expressing emotions openly like in general and and to say that we don't feel okay and everything so it's really hard just to admit it right and I think yeah a, a safe a safe space where people going through that would be able to come and just feel whatever they're feeling and be whatever they be, whatever they are at this time would be really beneficial for men and women because sadly it's happening to so many people, more than, you know, more than like way more than we think and we know. A hundred percent. I mean, that's so true. And, you know, I'm really, really happy to hear how you were able to be there for your friend's husband and, be a person that's actually had that experience and be able to hold space for him and to help him process that. And I can only imagine how grateful he was for that. One last thing I would love if you're open to it would be say for the men that have experienced this and who have lost a child through miscarriage or, you know, an abortion that are listening right now, what type of advice would you give them based off of your experience and maybe advice that you wish you had gotten from a man that also experienced that? Oh man, that's a good question. (laughs) I don't know if I have an answer to this one. What I, I can tell you what I wish I had is honestly, and I'm not saying that too (laughs) because I'm on your podcast. I wish I had a friend like you at this time mm. to talk to and to tell me, Jeremy, it's okay to cry, to feel like shit, to be sad, to be depressed. You don't have to be the strong guy of, you know, in front of everyone, everything. I, I, I know that's something you would tell me if, you know, I was going through that and I would have loved to have someone like that in, in, mm. in yeah, in my family or in my friends at this time. Cause I think it would have been, so good for me to hear those words and i didn't have anyone mm. to talk to about it and everything to that really understood and it's not even about understanding it's just about being there and, and telling me you know it's okay not to be okay and stuff like that when most of the people i was talking to a little bit my family my friends they were like you know think positive you're still young like always giving you the same advice and like I know mm. that, but right now I don't want to think about that. I just want to be sad because it sucks. Right. And I wish I had someone right. like that, like to just to be present for me. That would have been extremely helpful. And I think that would have been really, it would have helped my healing um, clearly when that happened. So, so yeah, I would say like for someone else, have someone in your surrounding that you feel safe to talk to and that you know is going to be here for you. You need that in general in life. I mean, even if shit like that is not happening, 
but that's a great thing right. to ha to have around you because I think it's a tremendous help if anything similar, in, if any traumatic event happen like that, right? You, you know, like when something happened to me recently, you're one of the first person I called, right? You you know, yeah, yeah. because I yeah. knew that I could speak to you when you would have. I know you would listen. I know you would not try to tell me stuff I want to hear. You you were just here to create a space where I could be sad and and I knew you would find the words to not even make me feel better, just to make me feel okay with what I was feeling. If that makes sense. Right. Right, for sure. For sure. No, I think that that's beautifully stated. And uh, no, I'm super grateful that you look at me in that light and that you do feel comfortable coming to me when you are feel experiencing any type of things like this. I mean, it really does mean the world to me. And for anyone who is listening, you know, just like Jeremy said, like, it's so important to have people in your life that can hold space for you and literally just let you talk about what you need to talk about and let your emotions flow through and they can be comfortable during that um, process that you as a listener can be comfortable during that process and that overall it's not about trying to you know quote unquote make someone feel better by giving them some type of positive affirmation yeah. or telling them that's just gonna be okay but literally just cry just, with me. just to be there yeah just that cry you know, with cry you cry with me yeah. let's say be sad with me tell me it's okay to be sad like that's all i want to right. hear right now is I don't care about positive stuff. I don't care if I'm young and I'll be able to have a kid in two years or five years. Right now, I'm sad and I want you to acknowledge that I'm sad and maybe just be sad with me, you know, because that's what I need yeah. right now. Yeah, holding that space, man, holding that space. It, mm. It's so important. And and I think it's amazing, too, because it's something that, that I know you and Rosie do at a high level for others all the time is be able to hold space and let them tell their stories and do it in a way that is empowering and allows them to share, you know, traumatic things that have happened in their life that maybe they haven't shared on a stage like a podcast or even to other people, right, yeah. that they've always kept inside. So that's been amazing, Jeremy. And bro, I, I appreciate our friendship, our brotherhood, the relationship that we have, how, you know, I can be here in Miami, you can be over there in the south of France, and our connection is still there. And when you Easy. and Rosie make your, your trip to South America, Ali and I would be able to hop right over and, and ready to come hang out. That's for sure. I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeremy, with everyone listening, man, where can they find you? Where can they find the podcast? So people can find me personally on, on Instagram if they want to see my drone footage, photo and video. It's going to be jeremyandre underscore fr. So J-E-R-E-M-I-E-A-N-D-R-E underscore fr and the podcast is just interesting people on instagram just interesting people.com the website just interesting people on facebook on anywhere whatever you want it's just that <laughs> i love it i love it and for everyone who's listening please 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 check out jeremy's drone footage it is amazing it is unreal i can't believe like you know whenever he does stuff over uh miami beach and i see what's in the water i'm just <laughs> like man 
I, I guess I'm a, I'm gonna keep getting in, but I can't believe some of the stuff that's down there. It's so crazy, and yeah, just interesting people. It's an amazing podcast. Um, super blessed and grateful to be episode number one of yep. that podcast, <laughs> which was awesome. And how many episodes are you in now? Eighty-two. Eighty-two. Coming. Let's this go. Week, I think. Yeah. Let's go. And you know what's funny is I am also on episode 82 yeah. jeremy the one that you are listening to right now is episode 82 so i believe it's episode 82 yeah we'll we started the same week out. i think or a week apart so something yeah <laughs> you we right around there so yeah. it's awesome man jeremy thank you so much for sharing your story sharing your experience talking life talking energy management right talking authentic self full self-expression uh, you're a gift to this world, my man. I, I really appreciate you and have so much love for you. Thank you so much, Alvi. You know how much I love you. You know how much it's hard for me to say that. I don't say it often. <laughs> yep. uh, but I do love you, man. You've been... I'm so grateful that we met. And I'm so grateful for all the time we've been spending together. And I'm I'm excited for all the times we will be spending together and, and nourish this relationship because... It is really special to me. And, you know, I, to- I told you that many times on the f- first weekend that we met that you were special and, and I really believe it. Man, amen, brother. I appreciate that so much. And, you know, Jeremy, you've been such an inspirational part in me really seeing myself the same way that other people see me. And it's allowed me to tap into so much more. And, bruh, again, love you, my brother. Thank you so much. And we'll be doing this again soon, I'm sure. I'll be happy to. Yeah, peace, brother. Thanks.